A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey you guys, welcome to This Isn't the Podcast You're Looking For. I am Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. We are doing our, uh, normally we interview uh, comedians and uh, persons of interest about their Star Wars fandom, but we're just getting through a uh, San Diego Comic Con recap. We're at Comic Con and we're just going through it to having a chat with my fiance Jacqueline. Welcome back Jacqueline. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me again. Back by popular. <laughs> Demand. <laughs> um, Saturday, I think um, it was your second day. It was my third. It was day three of the convention, but really day four when you take into account preview night. You love reminding me that I didn't go every day. Oh, don't be like that. And you it w- wrote it on my coffee mug. Okay, you might have some. That might be a valid point. Now, it was another early morning. We, um, sl- you can sleep the other 51 weeks of the year. Comic-Con is not sleeping. It's for waking up early and staying up late. And because there's lines to be in. Let's get in those lines. Mm, for hours at a time. And so Saturday, it was we, we, we had a split mission. I was in the line to go in... A raffle of all things to get into the very exclusive Weird Al Yankovic panel, which I think was in a little ballroom that only fit 300 people. So they sort of had to mm-hmm. do it by ballot. And you were in another line to get into the Simpsons 25th anniversary uh, panel. Mm-hmm. And tensions were high. Tensions were high. There was texts, how's your line going? <laughs> My line's not doing anything. And. I was in my line, I was talking to some... The fun thing about Comic-Con is the lines are fun. There's other like people that are into stuff you're into or maybe they're into other stuff they can tell you about. But everyone's like... Were you surprised the first time you went how friendly everyone was? And I was really surprised that I would happily stay in line for that long. Like it, Whenever I recap and tell people about that time we were in line for hours for Breaking Bad... They're disgusted, and I would be disgusted if I was telling myself that story. But I don't know the like the atmosphere and the people that you're with. No one's annoyed to be in line. Everyone's resigned to the fact that they're in line for something awesome, and everyone chats and has a good time. I don't know. It just it goes really quickly. It doesn't. It's not hell like you would think it would be. Yeah, you've really got to you've got to accept it, and you've got to. Make the best of it. Like, it's not the time to have your headphones in and listen to a podcast. It's just start chatting, find people in the line that are... Um, and pretty much anyone is up for a chat. Like, Everyone is, yeah. You can't yeah, you can't stand there and get away with not talking, really. Mm. Not that you would want to, but... 
our line, what we did was I jumped in the Simpsons line very quickly to get it. They had this new system for the morning ones to make sure people didn't sort of uh, just sort of sneak in, um, even though I kind of did sneak in, but I was in the line. You're allowed, there's sort of, there's like the, the written rule is you're allowed to have, if, as long as you've been in the line, you're allowed to leave the line and come back if someone minds a spot, mm. which is, you know, go to the bathroom or do whatever. So Jackie was in the Simpsons line. We got our little pass saying that we were had been in the line. Jackie stayed in that one. I went to Weird Al and then Jackie started very urgently texting me saying our line is moving really fast because the ballroom was empty. So they had to, they could let the first 4,000 people in. And so I had to sprint up. It was like the stairs in Rocky, but a lot more tight together, no flat bits. And I was, oh man, did I pound up? And I got there as Jackie was going into the ballroom. So and calling you with anxiety-ridden yeah. panic. So we got tones. in and it was so exciting. There was, um, I can't remember the names of the other three guys. I think Al Jean was one of the guys. Yeah. Um, oh, I feel awful not remembering them. I know their names. I see them every time I watch The Simpsons. Yeah, it's the, um, they're the main three credits. But anyway, most importantly, Matt Groening. He was there. And he didn't get a standing ovation when he came out, though, and I was really surprised. Like, I went to stand up automatically, and mm. he didn't even get a huge cheer. I don't know if people were surprised he was there and it didn't, like, it took a few seconds to be excited, but I just felt like people were like, oh, yeah. I think maybe, I don't know, because the, the, I guess the bulk of the people had seen him, they see him every year sort of thing. I don't know. Because I know Joe Johnson got a standing ovation. He did. Yesterday, the day before at the Star Wars panel. Um, and so they, I don't know, they're really um, very stereotypical, laid back Californians. Mm-hmm. Very cargo pants to short, to, to cargo pants to work and mm. Hawaiian shirt, just... Just a little bit, like real Californians are just a little bit altered. Yeah, they're they're a lot more like laid back and yeah. But um, it was super cool. They did a Q and A, and what did we see? Where they did a preview. They showed the entire story from Treehouse of Horror of uh, a Clockwork Yellow, which was in a Clockwork Orange. It was so. Cool. So it was Mo, um, Lenny, Carl, and Homer were the four ultraviolent gang members mm-hmm. going around drinking milk. And but it was all. It wasn't just Clockwork Orange. It was all Stanley Kubrick references, and they listed them afterwards. And I was really irritated because I thought I had caught them all, and I'd missed about four. Yeah. And I, there was one joke I will spoil that someone is doing something in this fight scene, and there's there's so many references then. Someone's doing something that like a like a coat of arms or something like a guy in a like a armored suit or something, and he goes, "Even I don't know what this reference is." Oh yeah! <laughs> so that was awesome. They sizzled the Futurama Simpsons crossover, mm-hmm. which was Simpsons Arama. Was it? That's what it was called. No, I think it was just the Simpsons. That no, was Simsarama or something like that. Oh really? Because it had the 
you know, where it goes down, 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 down. With the lettering. Dun, dun, dun. I yeah. think it just said The Simpsons, though, did. Oh, maybe not. That wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I think it was called Simpsorama, and so they sizzled that. Um, Someone will die on September 26th. And. And the Family Guy Simpsons crossover episode. Yeah. Horrible. But lots of people love Family Guy. Yeah. Um, but wait, someone will die. And you took a photo of the screen and there was like 20 characters. Mm. And there was like the main family members. Patty and Selma, Grandpa Simpson. Um, I think you, Wiggum was in there. Yeah. You need to pull up that photo. All right. Wait there. All right. So we've got Grandpa, Grandma. I don't know. I'm not sure. Grandpa could be if, but Grandma Bouvelet. I don't think that's much of an impact. Um, Bart, what are your chances of Bart dying? It's not going to be Bart. Comic book guy, maybe. Uh, there's Patty. There's Sideshow Bob. There's Selma. Krusty Sideshow the- Bob is too obvious. Krusty is too obvious. Uh, Lisa. No. Mo. Maybe. Not Mo. Homer. No. And then I don't that I don't have the other edges of the photo, which is no good. But um, that was super cool. And then at the end, like a really realistic looking holographic Homer came out. That was very cool. And Matt Groening interviewed him for a bit, and it was so cool. And Matt did the dancing Homer dance. Oh yeah, Homer hologram Homer asked Matt Groening to do the dancing Homer dance, and <laughs> he did it. It was very cute. And that was awesome. That was an and awesome And Homer, panel. like, made fun of the registration process of Comic-Con, and it was really cool. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, Comic-Con in-jokes from Homer. He's obviously been before. Um, and then what else? You went to the Fanographics panel? It was very cool. So, explain what Fanographics is. Um, well, they're my favorite publishing company. They're based in Seattle, and they started, I think think in 81 and they publish they're very well known for publishing or for as they call it curating their collection so they have a really diverse selection of comics they're mostly famous for Daniel Klaus the eight ball series the Hernandez brothers love and rockets um they do the Donald Duck original comic books Ghost World yeah that's Daniel Klaus eight ball okay Mostly alternative press, but... Okay. Yeah. And you're saying they're a bit snooty at the... They're a bit uh, a bit better than all the comic books. Oh, I was a little disappointed. They were a little bit uppity. And I mean, I totally agree with them. I think they are better than they're, all... It's a bit of a hipster vibe. Mm, no, they're not hipsters because not everything they do is like what one would perceived to be hipster and cool. Like, a lot of their stuff is really classic and... Yeah, but I mean, in the comic book world, they're the hipsters, like... Yeah, but I mean, they have Donald Duck and, like, original Mickey Mouse and stuff, too. Like, it's not all alternative, yeah. like, punk rock. Yeah, but hipsters wear old school Donald Duck and... Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they Making were, my analogy even firmer. They were a little bit... They were just a little bit whingy about... They were going on about periods of comic books and they were saying in the 90s there was nothing new and nothing was really creative but then they had 
a younger one of the panelists. I can't remember her name, but she's just been published on Fantagraphics. And she was saying that she loves Fantagraphics because they don't make so many changes to the artist's work, which is why a lot of artists want to work with them. Mm-hmm. They don't make as much money working with them, but they have more artistic you know, integrity. They, I don't know if that's the right word. Or they can direct how their work is published and Fanographics doesn't really have a huge say in it. And another thing Fanographics is really famous for is putting work together. So someone like Daniel Klaus who has 8-Ball, they'll put it together They'll make an anthology or they'll publish it together, but they'll have like annotated essays and they'll really put together a collection so it becomes like an art piece for your coffee table. Like it's not. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Not just a trade paperback kind of thing. They'll put together really beautiful art books with Hmm. essays from other um, artists from that genre, which is really cool. Um... But what they were saying, which I thought was really cool, so the two main guys from Fanographics were saying that the 90s was terrible and they were losing faith in comic books. Um, They thought there was no interesting artists and no one was doing anything new and they were bored and they were stuck reading their old Love and Rockets comics and everything from when they grew up. Mm -hmm. And the younger comic, the girl, was saying... No, that's not true because whatever era you grow up in, if you get into comic books, then those are the comic books that spoke to you. So you relate to it because it's from your yeah vintage kind of thing. Um, and that's the thing that got you into it. So obviously ex- you like them. Yeah, exactly. And she was saying that they were what came out in the 90s was so different from the 80s, so they didn't like it, but... She loved it because that was the voice that spoke to her and that was her generation. And yeah. so she thinks that it, it's always going to be kept alive and recite whatever. But it was, they, they got a little bit snooty about it. Yeah, well, that's what I say with Star Wars. The, um, the one that you see in the cinema between ages like six to 10, like mm-hmm. quite often that's your film. So for me, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. But like, and looking back on it as an adult, you might see like, oh, actually, I prefer this one, but it's the nostalgia. No, Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Ewoks were awesome. Ichiwawa, Jub Jub, all that good stuff. Yes. And then we went to the Comic Con Masquerade. Wait, there was nothing else? Oh, no, we went and saw. There was one more thing we went and saw. We saw a Lego documentary. What did we see? A brickumentary. We saw the making of a brickumentary, mm-hmm. and that was an independent documentary about Lego fans, mm-hmm. and it looks awesome. So, what is that going to be called? Beyond the Brick, uh, a Lego brickumentary. So, you Google that, and you'll be able to see the preview. One of the Star Wars things that they quickly flashed on was like a Star Destroyer that must have been about four foot long getting attacked by a giant octopus. Mm-hmm. Which definitely got a gasp out of me in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, preview thing, and that was pretty cool to see um, mm-hmm. 
all the different Lego men and they were talking. Lego's a very interesting company because it almost went bankrupt, I think, in the mid-90s and then sort of doing the licensed toys and integrating video games and technology sort of brought them back to where... I th- yeah, the Lego Technics. Yeah, it's now they're just like, you know, at the top of the heap in boys' toys. Because they said that they accepted that people were taking Lego for themselves and doing what they wanted and being really creative and rather than squashing it, they allowed them to have their own like fan run conventions and yeah, the, the games where they put the Lego together in the bags. Oh, horrible. That's the worst so thing I've ever seen. There's all Legos apart in a plastic, like a lunch bag, and then they have a race who can put it together, but you can't take it out of the, like, you can't put your hand in the bag. It's like, imagine... You make it while it's in the bag. In the bag. And you can't put your hand in there. And then the other game they had, which was even worse, is they have a black sheet in front of the Lego and they just have to do it blind and put Mm. the Lego together. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the fury? I can't. I would be throwing those pieces so far. (laughs) And it was all being narrated by a little Lego man who was Jason Bateman. Yeah. From Arrested Development. Who wasn't there, by the way, but uh, it was uh, very fun. And then we went to, after we went and got some drinks at a bar, we met up with some pals. And then we went to the Masquerade, which is like a big sort of, like a costume contest where people sort of have that, do a little skit in their costumes and... That was something else. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think it was as good as the, the other year that we saw. No, nowhere near. It was still awesome. Yeah. But... No, the like the first time we went and saw it, people had animatronic suits and mm. there was giant Lego men. There was like mm. fifteen feet tall Star Wars, like Boba Fett and Jango Fett came out. Yeah, what about those at the end? And we were sort of tired and stuff, but they have and we had snuck several beers in with us, oh, so yeah. we were pretty tired by the end and freezing because they pumped the aircon. And then this. Star Wars sword fighting group do a like a skit while the judges deliberate and it just went on forever. There was so much yeah, lightsaber it's, it's play. It's hardly a skit. It's like a 12-hour opera or something. <laughs> it's painful. I remember, so we left and then I remember like we were in that other big room and they had a cat, like a live feed and they yeah. were still fighting. Still going. <laughs> it's painful. Yeah, so it's sort of... Self-indulgent. And it's sort of like a a choreographed dance sort of thing. It's, I don't know, I'm not into it. No, it's awful. And everyone's got two double-length lightsabers and anyway. And then we went down like into the, the gas lamp, the sort of downtown of San Diego. And at 11 o'clock on a sat- Saturday night, at Comic-Con, it is like the massivest New Year's Eve party on acid. Like It's crazy. There is light-up Autobots partying. There's zombies. <laughs> there's stormtroopers. There was Batman who was on vacation in the Hawaiian shirt and it said, call Ben Affleck or something, remember? He yeah, call cool. Ben Affleck, I'm on vacation or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had a little fold-out chair and a cocktail yeah. and was kicking back. So that's one th- cool thing about Comic-Con or, you know, one of the 10 million things is people, 
they give back to the convention and to the other fans by, like, one guy had, a, like, a spandex, like, superhero suit on and he was holding a sign up above his head as he walked around the convention all day that just said, don't look at my crotch or, hey, stop looking at my crotch. Mm. And it made everyone look at his crotch where he shoved, like, a lot of socks down there. <laughs> but... Like, to us, that was, like, 15 seconds of, like, yeah, that's pretty funny, man. Yeah, keep at it. And But he does it all day. Yeah. Just to be part of the convention. Yeah. And there was the guy that was dressed as the ticket-buying waiting list screen. Oh, that he was just bringing everyone pain. So, he was just walking around dressed as a website screen with this little circle ball thing that brought back horrible memories and he was just getting booed by everyone at the Comic Con. So what he was, when you you had to register to register for the registration room mm-hmm. and once you were in the registration room, you were in a waiting room and there were blue spinning dots and it would there was like a blue line across the top of the screen and the text while you were waiting to get your number to kind of be allotted so you could purchase tickets, there would be updates across the screen like um, the waiting room is now open, tickets are getting low, Yeah, Friday night is now sold out. Yeah, preview night is now sold out. But there's still four other days of Comic-Con to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Preview night and Saturday is now sold out. But there's still three other days of Comic-Con to enjoy. So you just knew there were thousands of people sitting in front of their computer screens watching those dots spin, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> and we did that and we never got tickets. Oh, well, we did. In the end, but the end. not through the screen, no. not through the waiting room. So, that was Saturday night and you fell asleep in the Uber on the way home. You were very worn out. Oh, you took a photo of me, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All comic con out. So, it was Saturday night and that is when like, you're so tired, but it's like you've only got one more day to go. I've got to milk more Comic-Con out of this Comic-Con. Mm. You can't stop, it's huh? true. You can't. So, that was the end of day, the official day three, actually day four. Um, Jackie, would uh, would you like to plug your Instagram? Yes, you can find me at Jooklyn, J-O-O-K-L-I-N. And my current hashtag is Jooklifornia. Hashtag Jooklifornia while I'm living in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and Twitter is the same at Jooklyn and my mobile number. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can, uh, follow the podcast and support it and get other people into it on Twitter and Facebook at this isn't the pod. Um, write a sweet review on iTunes and if you see any, you know, Star Wars friends, you know, sometimes you see people post up a funny video about Star Wars. Um, tell them about the podcast, write a little link and uh, get them into it. We'll be at Galaxy Fest doing a live episode, myself and a couple other comedians. And you can find out more about that at galaxyfest.com.au. And that is on the 23rd and the 24th of August. And I'll be on the Sunday afternoon. And if you want to listen to a bit of a comedy podcast, if you don't already, I Love Green Guide Letters, where me and two other comedians make fun of the letters in the Green Guide. And it's quite popular. 
We uh, just had uh, recent episodes, Rove McManus, uh, Will Anderson. So um, all the stars are coming out to shine on the podcasting circuit. Uh, may the force be with you, Jacqueline. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I feel like I'm in church and also with you. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.